0: Welcome to Anecdotaly Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan.
1: And I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, it's your turn. So uh, what story are you going to kick off with today?
0: Well, the one I've got for us, I actually read in Charles Duhigg's book called The Power of Habits. Apparently, he was uh, a reporter in Iraq during the, the second Iraq war. And during that time, he came across this major who was doing a, a review of videos of of violence that was breaking out in plazas in a, a town called Kafu and it was in the great mosque of kafu the plaza that was just right there and the major was starting to notice a pattern of behavior and essentially what he saw was that over the day as the as the day sort of progressed uh, people would start to gather in the plaza uh, there would be, um, you know, starting some demonstrations would start to happen. There would be um, essentially some pushing and shoving going on. And by about five or six o'clock at night, uh, the, the crowd had really grown to a, a big size. And about that time, because of there were so many people there, the food vendors would, uh, you know, roll their trolleys in. And, you know, good business for them. They were, mm-hmm. they were doing very well uh, selling their food. And not long after that, something would happen to spark off the violence. You know, someone would throw a bottle or there'd be something, you know, some something Trigger. that would spark it and off it went. So he, this major, is looking at this pattern, he's thinking, okay, what can I do to, to make a difference? So he, he went to the mayor of Kofu and it sort of had a, a weird request. He sort of said, is there any chance we can actually prevent the street vendors, the food vendors, from going into the plaza around five or six o'clock. And the mayor says, yeah, sure, we can do that. No problems at all. So the next time, you know, they're, they're watching the, the activities, they found that, you know, the, the crowd started building up and there would be the chanting and they'd be getting all into it. And then they'd be looking around five or six o'clock for the street vendors to grab, you know, a bite to eat. Nothing there people would start to dissipate out of the plaza, you know, looking for their food. The the chanting would start to diminish and all of a sudden people would be looking around going, oh, what's the point of this? And they'd all go <laughs> home, right, and no violence. And with that one small change, uh, that, that army major was able to just shift the essentially the pattern of behaviour that was happening and causing you know big problems because what was happening is that the um, the city would have to call in resources from the U.S. military when the violence did break out, and so this was a major issue. This is why this major was putting um, you know considerable effort in mm. trying to solve this problem.
1: Yeah, I imagine so anyway, that as soon as they noticed the crowds were starting to build up, then suddenly they're monitoring it closely, being prepared to respond. And then when the violence broke out, they've got responses in place. And, of course, that would probably escalate the violence. And you know, oh, that with all them- sorts of things going on. So
0: so anyway, I, I, when I read that, the, the first thing that really occurred to me was it's such a nice example of how a small thing can make a big difference, right? And And one of the things I we like doing, especially in our culture change work, is helping people design interventions and, you know, just about to share a couple of stories that get people thinking differently about how to tackle a problem. This is a nice example of that. Absolutely. So where you can have a situation where grappling away, you, you could go through the standard design approaches, but in this case, it's sort of like it's a pattern matching sort of exercise where that that major sitting there he sees his pattern he tries an experiment right it's a pretty small experiment it's actually a low risk experiment because you know taking the food vendors out you know what bad thing might happen out of that you know you can't imagine a a big response from it in terms of a problem that you might create but it's a nice little intervention to see whether you can create a new pattern which he did
1: yeah indeed and just relying on a human basic instinct, um, the need for physiological sustenance. sustenance. That's it, yeah. Get yeah. some
0: tucker in you. Exactly, exactly. I was going to ask you, though, um, given that that little story, um, is, I mean, what's your impression of it as a story, you know, for example, you know, um, what, what do you think in that story works or, you know, how would you, yeah, what's your response to that actual story when you hear it?
1: Well, if you just look at the story as a story, I mean, it's not a particularly notable story. There's a bit of surprise in it in in that the food vendors, removing the food vendors from the uh, plaza led to such a uh, reduction. But it's not a big roller coaster of a story. Yeah, you know, blown away
0: by the story per se, yeah.
1: So that's about the story itself. But then you... You take that story and you put it into a business situation where you're asking people to try and figure out uh, a thorny problem, one of those wicked problems, anything to do with culture change, anything to do with people, basically. Yeah. It's a good example of, of how you can shift the thinking from – and and this is something I see – Time and time again, when you're asking people to think about what do we do about these type of thorny problems, people will think of big things that other people should do. Right, it's right. kind of the, yeah, the yeah. go-to. Ah, oh, yes, well, HR should do, you know, put in a performance management system, and uh, you know, the CEO should do this. It's a great example of how you can shift the thinking to little things that people can do themselves. Yes, yeah, that yeah. can have a potentially big impact simply by shifting the way you think about the problem. Definitely. So instead of a military response. You have a food vendor response.
0: Indeed, indeed. I think too. You know, just um, you know, thinking about the story and you know its visual appeal. I think you probably could do a little bit more in in building that up. Um, yeah. I have, you know, a,
1: where is Kafu? Uh, what does it look like? Yeah. You know, what's the population like? Why is it such a hotbed of uh, of Violence, civil unrest? Why?
0: Yeah. Why you got problems there? So you know, there's a little, probably a little bit more context that you could throw in there that. Uh, Uh, that might help that story uh do doesn't provide too much of that in his telling in his book his two paragraphs essentially that uh, tells that story um i was surprised it doesn't even have the the major's name in the story i thought that would have been uh would have been shared but it's not uh so but you know in terms of getting the job done and just getting people thinking differently about how to design changes, it
1: does the job. It does the job. I think it's a very effective little example of just how people could think differently to solve a complex problem. The other upside of that story is that it's very short. Yeah, you can tell. Very short the and theaters. easily retellable. Yeah, definitely. The
0: where would you where would you use it? Where would it be a, a, a suitable time to throw that story
1: in? Oh many. So let's start with where you have got your employee engagements, uh, survey results and the employees are disengaged. Right. Ah, well, you know, we might think we need to get HR onto this. And then you just think, well, what are little things that managers can do? Little things like being more approachable. Right, right. And so simple behaviors of being more approachable can have a big impact. Yes. So, So you might use that story to ask people to think about what little things can we do to increase engagement. Yeah. One of my favourite things about improving employee engagement yeah. is to figure out the things that are pissing people off and stop doing them.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, that's a good Stop one. doing that's-
1: things that annoy people. Yeah. It's always a good way to uh, approach engagement.
0: That engagement, most definitely. Yeah, I think the other thing too is that, uh, you know, whenever you're in that environment where you're trying to design changes, you know, by telling that story at the beginning you're actually setting a mindset in the design approach. And, you know, and I'd be tempted to actually have a few different stories that you would tell and just sort of say, guys, you know, we need to think differently about uh, this. Let me just share with you these three examples and then I'd share that example, maybe Jerry Sternan story of... uh, of, uh, you know, how he'd make, you know, sort of... Positive uh, deviancy povis- Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Posit- positive deviancy. Sounds great in itself. And a few others just to get people going, Ah, oh, okay, there's different ways of doing it. There's different principles. In fact, especially for those more... Um, for that story, I'd actually get people to think about what are the principles, the design principles that are actually in that story? And then get them down so that people can really see that before they jump into potentially, um, you know, designing some new ways of doing things.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea because when people can figure out the principles for themselves, and it's one of the beauties about simple stories like that uh, Carfu uh, food vendor story. Yeah, is that uh, the stories reveal stuff, and rather than telling people what they reveal, you simply ask them, "What do you What do you infer from that story? What are the principles yeah. that you can use in?" Figuring out what we are going to do in our situation. Yes, most definitely.
0: Cool. Okay. What do you reckon? Um, let's give this. Uh, let's give this story a rating. Um, let me know. What do you think about this story?
1: Well, I'm thinking hard on, as we discussed. If you just take the story as a, as as an artifact and. Out, you know, without any business context around it, it's kind of a, a an ordinary little story. You might give it five, but then I think how effective it could be in a situation where you are asking people to think differently about deciding what you are going to do, and it goes to a seven.
0: Yeah, I, I would even uh, push it to an eight for me. It's one of those ones. It's a great one to have in your back pocket. Uh, it's one I've told a number of times, and you know, it's a it's an easy story to tell that actually has. I can see it has a big impact on how people see and think about uh, tackling a problem. So I think it has great utility. Fantastic. Rightio. Well, guys, I think that's all we need to say for today's episode. Uh, look, if you have any comments or other stories, if you, especially if you have any in- intervention stories you'd love to share, jump on the website, uh, put a comment in the on on where the episode is, and, and let us know. And please, you know, share share the love. Tell people about the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'd love to to hear more from you as we go along. So, I guess for now, though, I would just say thanks for listening to Anecdotally Speaking, and tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Stories to Work.